0: Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. We're going to be talking about maturity in Christ and how it is a journey. You don't get there overnight. You, it's, it's not a destination. You don't just get there and say, okay, been there, done that, check the box. Uh, maturity in Christ is a, is a growth process. You're never fully there until you meet Jesus face to face. And I don't know about you, but I want to keep growing in the Lord and knowing the Lord better and getting closer to Him so that as I go through the experiences of life, I'm aware of His presence and I depend on His power. That's what maturity in Christ, I believe, is all about. You know, when I think about my first uh, couple of years of being a Christian, I was 17 years old, I was a senior in high school and... And the Lord saved me. And I can remember uh, I had a, uh, a guy named Patrick. He was our uh, youth pastor for a little while. I think he was an interim. And I remember him instilling in us, know God's will, do God's will. He, he saw how temporary that stage of life was. You know, you're a youth, and all of a sudden, you grow up. And uh, he wanted us to have a firm sense of what is God's will for your life. About that time, I also remember being introduced to, uh, some of you are familiar with this, Experiencing God. Anybody remember that? Experiencing God, Henry Blackaby, Claude V. King, was a very well-known study at the time. They still have uh, the books at the bookstore. I think there's even Experiencing God devotionals now. I think there's even an Experiencing God uh, study Bible. I've got one on a shelf somewhere. Uh, But I remember going through Experiencing God. It was a small group study about... 13 weeks long. It had a workbook, and you you read it like five days a week. You met with a group that you was going through it with, and it was all about knowing and doing the will of God. I can look back at my first couple of years as a Christian, and it seems like I was very aware of people talking about God's will, and knowing God's will, and doing God's will, and I would even notice that, you know, when people would pray, Lord, your will be done, you know, we would meet and talk about needs, and, you know, let's pray for the Lord's will to be done. Everything seemed to be about that, and then one day I began to realize, well, how can I know God's will? How can I be for sure? Uh, You get to college, and um, uh, (laughs) had had a roommate that, had a roommate, this was not me, but I had a roommate that had a crush on a girl, and he he thought they were supposed to be together, and he, you know, she broke up with him, and he didn't know how to handle that, so he, he went down the road, and he said, Lord, if I see so many license plates of such and such, that means we need to get back together. Now, that's a little misguided, okay? It's kind of like the guy that's uh, uh, saying, you know, I, I don't need to eat donuts, so I'm not going to go to one, but... But I went around that donut shop, and I prayed about it. And the ninth time, there was a parking spot, so I pulled in. <laughs> uh, you, you got to be careful when it comes to the question of, how can I know God's will? Because when we want to do something so bad, that kind of colors you know, our perception of, well, is this what I want, or is this what God wants? So that can be a loaded question. How can I know God's will? And then here's the thing. Even if you know God's will, you're still not off the hook because once you know the Lord's will, you got to do it. And can I be honest? Sometimes we struggle with doing God's will. We We can have a sense, we can have a clarity, we can have conviction that I think God wants me to do this or I know I should do that. But then when it comes to the actual doing, it's a struggle and we're like, man, why is that a struggle? Uh, I know for years, uh, I had this little note card with a Bible verse written on it, and it was at home where I had my desk, and whenever I studied, it was right there in front of me. I I, I Probably for 10 years or so, I had this Bible verse on, on a note card there at my desk. It's Hebrews 10, 35, 36, and I'll read it to you. It says this, so don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you need endurance, so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what was promised. That always spoke to me because the part of the verse says this. It says, so that after you have done God's will. In other words, I need endurance so that after I've done God's will, I can receive what he's promised. So don't throw away your confidence. You might go, well, what does that mean? Well, to give you a picture Remember Abraham in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, Father Abraham uh, that we sing about in Vacation Bible School, Abraham who had Isaac, Abraham who was married to Sarah, and they had that baby boy named Isaac. Think about Abraham for a minute. He, he was the, the picture of what it means to live by faith. And Abraham left everything. He left everything behind, and God said, Go to a land that I will show you. And so he left behind everything that he knew and he went to a land that God would show him. Well, how did he know he got there? Well, finally he got there and this is the land, uh, uh, Abraham, that I want you to have. But when he got to the land, there was a famine in the land. And you can study the life of Abraham. He ended up leaving because of the famine. He had to think about feeding his family. He went down to Egypt. He eventually went back to that land and he ultimately inherited that land. And that's where you know the land of Israel is today. But the bottom line of that story is this. Abraham did God's will. Go to a land I will show you. But then he had to endure. And he had to wait in order to inherit what God promised. You know, that's where I live. I, I, I learned very quickly as a, as a new Christian that if I know what God wants me to do, And then I do what God wants me to do. That's great. But there's still this missing element that I need to be aware of. And it reminds me of Abraham's life and his story. And the lesson from Abraham's life is this. Obey God and worship Him while you wait for Him to work. Because God told Abraham that he would have descendants. He told him, you know, as many as the stars in the sky and the sea on the seashore and all that. And yet, he waited, 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 waited. And what, 25 years or something like that went by? And then Sarah was pregnant? And so, here's the thing. You know God. You obey God. And then, while you are doing the will of God, you have to continue. You have to endure. You have to be faithful. You have to continue to worship Him so that you will inherit what He has promised. So don't throw away your confidence. What God has started, He will finish. Amen? And that's something that you and I need to be reminded of. I know it's something that I need to be reminded of. Now, here's the question. Maybe with the back-to-school that has now officially happened, a lot of you parents, maybe you've uh, had to, you know, already do your back-to-school shopping. Perhaps you've already been to a mall recently. Uh, Do you ever look at a... Now, I know guys were bad about not asking for directions, but there's one place, Dennis, that I always ask directions, and that's at a mall. If I don't know where it is that I'm looking for, I will find the nearest directory. You know where they are. They're in those big corridors. And I will find a directory because I want to know where it is that I'm looking for, okay? And uh, I was looking at the... uh, Uh, mall directory the other day of the Fayette Mall in Lexington and I was like the food court, yes that's the most important part of the mall and then when you walk into the food court there's little bathrooms there, there it is you see the food court up there at the top right and you can go in that food court and there when you walk in on your right is restrooms, that's good to know and then the very next place past the uh, restrooms, you know where it is don't you Chick-fil-A yeah, it's right there. But anyway, and I don't care about anything else. Now, my wife probably does, but I don't. But see how handy those things are? I mean, you're in a building that size, and you're like, where in the world am I supposed to go? You know, I'm hungry. Where's Chick-fil-A? And then you you look at the rest of it, and then you find the, the code, and oh, there it is. I don't know about you, but it's always nice to have a map uh, to make sense of where am I? Where am I going? Oh, there it is. Now I know how to get there. Well, here's my question for you today How do you pray for spiritual maturity? How do you pray for spiritual maturity? When I think about my early years as a Christian, I knew I was supposed to pray for God's will. Okay, that's good. You know, well, what does that look like? How do you know? You know, and all that. Um, We need a map on how to pray for spiritual maturity. And today in Colossians chapter 1, we're going to look at a prayer that Paul prayed for the believers in Colossae. And it's really, it's a map of how to pray for spiritual maturity. Look, if you will, in Colossians 1 verse 9. Paul says, For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. Now what's he talking about since the day we heard what? Since the day we heard about your salvation, you know, you learned it from Epaphras. You heard the gospel from Epaphras, and he's told us about how your life has changed. And so, because of that, since the day we heard about your salvation in Christ, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. "...and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." What an awesome prayer that is. What I want you to see here is the the language. He says there in verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. Who is we? If you go back to verse 1, it's Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy are praying for the spiritual growth of this congregation at Colossae. And they've started doing it the minute they heard that they were saved and they had a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, when you are aware of someone who gets saved and they know the Lord, you need to begin praying for them. You know, don't don't just pray for people to come to know Christ and as soon as they do, you're like, all right, praise the Lord, which that's good. Don't stop praying for them now. You just really... You've you've just really seen God answer your prayers. Why stop? If He's answering your prayers, you're praying for someone to come to know Christ, and then all of a sudden you see God answer that prayer and they do come to Christ. Why, Why stop there? Keep praying for them and pray for their spiritual growth. Maybe even pray for your own spiritual growth. But where do you start? Well, I want to do this a little backwards. I want you to look at verse 13 and 14 for a minute, and I want you to see how all this is connected. The way he ends this prayer there in verse 13 and 14, he says, God has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son he loves. And in him, referring to Christ, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know, all of this is predicated on someone's salvation. It's, it's hard to pray for someone to grow spiritually if obviously they're not saved and they don't have new life in Christ. And that's what this particular prayer is all about. And so he's saying, man, you know, when you're praying for a a, a Christian to grow in the Lord, understand what has happened in their life. They've been rescued there in verse 13. They've, they've been rescued and now they're in a different kingdom. They were in the domain of darkness, but now they're in the kingdom of of uh, the, the Son of God. And so they've got a different uh, king in their life. They've got a different ruler, master, Lord in their life. They've got different priorities now. Their life has changed from the inside out. And that's pretty awesome. In Him we have redemption. We have been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have the forgiveness of sins. When someone has been saved... Everything has changed. And you need to know that. And that's why you should start praying that now that God has come into their life and everything has changed, that they'll keep growing in that and going deeper with the Lord. That is the testimony. That's where it starts. When you know someone knows the Lord, then here is how you can pray for them. Go back there in verse 9. Now that we've heard about your testimony and we've articulated it in verse 13 and 14, now we can begin the prayer. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Uh, Here is the knowing His will part. If you wanted a map of how does a Christian grow in the Lord, once you know they have a testimony, then the next thing you want them to do is to begin to know the will of God. Now that they have a new master, a new Lord, a new Savior in their life, they're in a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. Now they got to know how to please that king. What does God want in my life? What is God's will for my life? What, what am I supposed to do? How, how do I know? Help them to know His will and not only know it, but do it. Now notice what the Scripture says here. To be filled with the knowledge of His will. Okay, that's knowing it. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that's doing it. Why? So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Think about it. If we're knowing the will of God and we're doing the will of God, then we're in the sweet spot of where we need to be in our relationship with Jesus. And we're simply pleasing Him. We're living for Him. We're pleasing Him. And then look at the outcome of that. Bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. And why are we bearing fruit? Why are we growing in knowledge? Why are we being strengthened with His power? So that we may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. And there's that word, inheritance. We have an inheritance in Christ Think about that. We have an inheritance. This is, a, a, this is an a sad thought here for a minute, but let me just chase a rabbit trail for a minute. We have an inheritance. An inheritance is something that is passed on when someone dies to their next of kin, right? We have an inheritance. We are children of God. We have an inheritance in Christ. And because Christ has already died, and yet He rose again, that inheritance is available to us now. And what we have to do is we have to learn how to live out this inheritance that we have in Christ now. Not later, but now. And so when we have a testimony, when we've been saved and Christ is coming to our life, and we begin to realize that we are in Christ because Christ is in us and we have this inheritance that we're going to enjoy someday in heaven, but we can live it out right now. And we live it out when we know the will of God, when we do the will of God, and when we begin to, all these things it says here, bear fruit, grow in knowledge, become strengthened with His power. And why? So that you can have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father. It goes back to that story I shared at the very beginning of that verse in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, where it says, don't throw away your confidence, it'll be richly rewarded. After you have done the will of God, you need to, what, persevere so that you can inherit the promise. Why? Because when you've done the will of God, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, continue to worship God, continue to obey God, and wait for Him to work. God does so many things based on His promises. Now, when it comes to God's power, He can snap His fingers, and something can be done that quick. But God's in control, I'm not, and many times I have to wait on God. His timetable's not mine, and it's not yours, and so I have to trust Him. I have to depend on Him. I know that He has the power to do something. He could do it right then if He wanted to, but I have to depend on Him. I develop my relationship with Him, and I trust Him to work it out. Now, let's put some handles on this. Here is a prayer map for spiritual maturity. I broke it down to three things, and I hope this helps you today moving forward this week. A prayer map for spiritual maturity. Three things that we can get from this prayer. Number one, ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. Ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. That's what it says right there halfway through verse 9. Ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. Start there. Let's be honest. As we live our lives, there are times that we want to do things our way. We want to do what we want to do. And that's okay until it collides with what God wants to do. And then we got a problem. Then we got conflict inside our own mind and our own heart. So ask God to fill you with a knowledge of His will. Don't assume that you already know. Ask God to show you. Ask God to reveal it to you. And you know what? Here's what I've learned when it comes to knowing God's will. If you really want to know it, He will show it. But you've got to be willing to do it. Period. If you approach God like going into a restaurant and ordering off the menu... Well, God, I'm, I'm glad we're here today and I, I look forward to what you're going to do in my life. Can I have a little bit of this and can I have a little bit of that? No, I want to hold that, pa- pass on that. I don't, I don't have time for that. It doesn't work that way. You can't pick and choose uh, what you want God to do in your life. If, he, if he's Lord, then you say, Lord, what do you want to do in my life? Lord, what, what do you want me to do? What are you showing me? And if you really want to know and you're willing to do it, He will show you. But what I have found many times, He doesn't show you the whole thing. You see, I like, to, uh, I like to go back to that mall directory. I like to have the big picture. I like to have the next steps. I want to know everything that I'm supposed to do before I take one step. And many times, God's not like that. God says, I want you to trust me. Go this way. Huh? Well, how far? How long? How come? What for? No, just follow me. And we have to trust Him. We have to depend on Him moment by moment, day by day, step by step. So ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. Number two, ask God to give you wisdom and understanding to do His will. I can think of many times in my life when I was praying about what God wanted me to do, whether I was in college or whether I was a pastor or just leading my family or something in the workplace or whatever, even developing a a sermon or whatnot. There's been many times in my life where I've been praying, God, what do you want me to do? What is your will about this? What's your will about that? And then once you have that sense of, here's what God wants me to do, then it's very easy. It's very easy. It's kind of like you're riding down the road with a friend and um, you're you know, maybe you've been to the place before and they haven't. So you're, you're, you're riding shotgun and you're telling them, okay, we're going to go down here, we're going to turn here, they're going to turn that. And it's very easy if you're the one driving and you're getting directions. Okay, I've got it now. You don't have to tell me more. I've got it. It's real easy when God tells us what he wants us to do, to say, okay, I've got it now, and put our hands on the wheel and say, we're going to so-and-so, I got it. In other words, God, now that you've given me instructions, I don't need your directions. Now, we never say that, do we? We would not say that out loud. But many times, that's where we make our mistake. We've sought God's will to know what he wants us to do. And now we just assume that we'll just go out and do it. It doesn't always work that way. Let me give you an example of what I'm trying to say. Most of you are familiar with the story of Moses in the Old Testament. And Moses, from a very young age, he should have been killed. The the ruler of Egypt had ordered all Hebrew babies under a certain age, particularly males, to be killed. And he would have fell in that category. But his parents feared God. And they saw that Moses was a remarkable child. And they hid him. And long story short, through miraculous means... Pharaoh's daughter ended up adopting Moses. That's a story for another day. And Moses, who is one of God's people, and one of the kids that should have been killed in this edict, is now being raised in the home of the man who issued the edict. And yet, he's still taught by his mother, and he grows up with a sense of who he really is. He may be raised in, in Pharaoh's house, but he's not an Egyptian. He is a Hebrew. And he is aware of the struggle of his people. His his Hebrew people are slaves in Egypt. And I believe he grows up with a sense of identity, with a sense of destiny, and maybe he even feels like it's God's will for him to rescue the Hebrews. He tried it his way, and it didn't work out. Years go by. And God says, Moses, I'm not done with you yet. That dream I put in you, we're going to do it. But God, but God, no, 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 no. Finally, Moses did it God's way. And you know what? It worked out. That's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes we can have a sense of what God wants us to do. And now that we know it, we we assume that's all we needed. All we needed was some instructions. Now that we've got our list, off we go without god now that we have this knowledge we think we don't need him anymore and we're going to do it by ourselves and that's exactly what happens we do it by ourselves not only do we need instruction god fill me with the knowledge of your will we need direction so number two says god give me wisdom and understanding to do your will now that i know what you want me to do i still don't even know where i should start what am i supposed to do first How long is this going to take? Lord, where are the means going to come from? I mean, if we do this, I can't do that. They can't do that. How are we supposed to do that? And so we seek God, and we depend on Him not only for instruction, but also for direction, for wisdom, and understanding to do His will. And then number three, the last one. Ask God to work in you and through you. You know, I have prayed this many times. This is my language, but if you go back and look at that prayer again, it says to be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's the knowing and doing God's will part. And then there's the why. So that you can walk worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to Him. What does that look like? Bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to His might, so that we have endurance, patience, and we're joyfully giving thanks to God. In other words, in my words, ask God to work in you and through you. And you know what? I really think that's where we grow the most. Once we know God's will and we begin to do God's will, then we will begin to experience God working in us and also through us. But you need to be aware of this map. This is a map for how you can pray for other people to grow in their relationship with God. Pray that they'll know God's will. Pray that they will do it depending on His wisdom and understanding. And then pray that God will not only work in them, but He will work them and that is a prayer map for spiritual maturity now you know how to pray for somebody now the next time you hear about somebody's got saved oh man boy they really need our support they need our prayers well i don't know what to do well now you do you can take this road map and you can pray for yourself you can pray for your family members and your friends that already know the lord There again, this is not a prayer for salvation. This is a prayer for those who are already saved that they might grow spiritually in their walk with God. And now you know how to do that. And so it's my prayer today that you'll begin to do that, that you'll seek God for knowledge of His will, that you'll depend on Him to do His will, and then you'll ask Him to work in and through you. Well, that's it this morning. So here's what I want to say next. What are you going to do about it? Now that you know this, what are you going to do about it? You know, the testimony in that uh, prayer was this, that they had been saved. Somebody had heard they had been saved. They now are part of a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. They've been redeemed. Their sins have been forgiven. Does that describe you today? Have you ever been saved? Have have you ever... You have that defining moment in your life when you know you crossed the line and you said yes to Jesus Christ? You, you no longer live for yourself, but you turned and you put your trust in Him and you said, I'm going to follow Jesus. From this day forward, I'm going to trust and follow Jesus. Maybe that's you today. If it is, then I want you to know we're praying for you and we rejoice with you. And uh, your next step, if you've been saved, is believer's baptism. Let everybody know what's happened in your life. And then... Join the church. Become a part of the family of God here. Get involved. We've got several small group Bible studies where you can plug in and find community and and get to know other people and live life together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then, of course, as we pray for us to know God's will, do God's will, and for God to work in us and through us, that means serve. Find a place to serve. There's several opportunities here. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do this morning, I want to encourage you to take that next step. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.